Well, as you prepare for your Sunday celebration, you might be listening to the glory of the mass. Well, here's something perhaps you didn't realize. The glory of the mass has never aired an encore edition. And this week, well, Terry Ross is offering you the 200th episode of the glory of the mass. Terry Ross is joining us today to let us know what he has got for this week's episode. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Good morning to you, Brenda. So, Terry, 200 episodes. I am amazed. And you have not repeated, like, the the layout of these exact masses each week. You've found more and more content to put in the show. It's true. I found a lot of... (laughs) There is a lot of music out there. Uh, I try not to repeat the mass ordinary. That is... The, the Kyrie, the Gloria, the uh, Credo Sanctus et Agnus Dei from one show to another because there are so many of them and I like to get as many as much variety as possible. The Mass proper, that is the the introit and and all those other pieces that go with it, those are very hard not to repeat because there aren't that many of them mm-hmm. uh, and they are specific to a particular day, and so I'd repeat the Mass proper occasionally. Uh, if I can find a motet setting of the Mass proper, uh, as opposed to the Gregorian chant setting, I toss that in too. But it's still, I do repeat uh, some of the Mass proper. But for 200 episodes, Terry, you have been coming to Mater Day Radio recording your show so that way our listeners can enjoy beautiful sacred liturgical music. Coming up on this week's episode, it is for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, ushers in a new month of July and features a special composer. Tell our listeners about who you are featuring for the month of July. When featuring Mass Ordinaries, that is the Curie, Gloria, etc., by Josquin de Pre, uh, who is a, a 15th and 16th century composer, probably the, the greatest composer of his time, undoubtedly the greatest, and certainly the most famous. He's been described by some people as a rock star of his time. Really? Very well known. His People all over Europe uh, sang his masses in various churches and places because the invention of printing in the 15th century made that possible. You can now have these printed copies sent to all over the place. Before, they didn't have printed copies, so people had to just copy them out themselves. Well, for this episode, you say that this is a parody mass and that the music was written by someone else, and then he took that music and applied it to to the mass, to the words of the mass. That's what Joscan did, yes. Okay. The composer who had originally written the music, was there ever conflict between composers, or was this maybe a very old piece of music that nobody really minded that he used it again? Uh, neither one. It wasn't necessarily a very old piece of music. It could be a very one that's very current with the, uh, the life of the composer, uh, a popular tune of the time. If we were doing it nowadays, you could have a a, a mass based on yesterday by the Beatles. Okay, that sort of thing. So it, it, it's not old tunes at all. And the people who uh, whose music was used didn't mind it at all. It was just an additional kick in the pants. Uh, <laughs> you know, say, hey, remember that tune? Here's here's a version of it. Okay. In this case, that composer was a guy named Antoine Busnois. 
B-U-S-N-O-I-S, a French composer, and he wrote a piece called Desperate Fate, Fortuna Desperata. Um, And Josquin took that tune, at least part of it, and used it to make his mass, which is called Demisa Fortuna Desperata. Terry, would composers ever use music and parody from other composers for the mass? Meaning that it wasn't a secular piece of music, but it was another composer had written a mass, and then another composer came along and took that music and recreated another mass setting. Uh, I suppose that's part, that's possible, but more often the way a piece of of uh, sacred music got used as a mass setting by someone else because it had a, it was a motet. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. as in this case, this happens to be uh, a secular motet, but there are many religious motets too, and you could base a mass on those. Oh, I understand now. Yeah. Terry Ross joining us today. He is the host of The Glory of the Mass and joining us today to give us a little bit of classical music history lesson. Well, you said that we are featuring Josquin. Now, tell the listeners a little bit more about this particular composer. Where did he come from? And are there certain elements about his music that when you listen to, you can go, that's a Josquin piece? Uh, That's hard for me to say, uh, except that it's extremely uh, inventive, his music, and lively. He wrote lively music. He was from France originally, but he ended up spending his life all over Europe, uh, writing music for various courts and chapels and things like that. Um, as I said, he was extremely well-known uh, in his lifetime. only way I can say it is that an individual piece not, may, may not be terribly different, but his, his body of work is different. Okay, it you know? stands out among others. Yes, it does. It's extremely varied. And uh, lively, very lively. I like it. Well, I'm looking forward to this week's episode. Terry, along with the mass pieces that you put together, you always find additional music to round out the entire episode. And we take a little bit of a preview of what they're going to hear. This time, we're going to listen to Christopher Tye right now. Christopher Tye was a a 16th century English composer. um, And he wrote a lot of music. Uh, We're going to hear a piece of his performed by the choir of Modlin College at Oxford called Omnes Gentes. That is, uh, all people or all nations, clap your hands. And he used that as the introit for our, our piece today. All right. Well, here is a piece of that music by Christopher Tai. is quite a choir indeed. Tell our listeners a little bit about who's singing this. Well, the choir of Magdalen College at Oxford is a choir of uh, men and boys. So those high voices at the beginning are boys singing. That is incredible. In fact, the boys sing almost all the soprano and alto parts. There's occasionally some men will sing alto, what they call countertenor, 
but uh, yeah. Interesting. Now, is there a particular reason why a boy's voice would be chosen to sing those roles, whereas, you know, an adult woman would be able to come in and have the availability who wouldn't have to be in school like a boy would be in to be able to sing with these choirs? Or is there, even though they can say, hit the same notes, the sound of a boy's voice versus a woman's voice a little different? They are a little different. Uh, but the main reason is, that these choirs are professional choirs back in the day. That is to say, the the boys uh, didn't get paid money every time they sang a mass, but they they had their room and board there. They lived there. They studied music there. The men, too, were in the same position. They were would-be music masters or would-be choir directors themselves. So uh, it would have been hard to get women to do that because women were busy raising children and doing of other course. things. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But nowadays, you hear a lot of choirs that have mixed men and women. You know? oh. Well, I love that one. And again, a great example of well, what people would have heard, we'll say, way back in the day when this piece was originally performed. Well, Terry, thank you so much. 200 episodes of The Glory of the Mass. Congratulations. And thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Well, it's always, it's my pleasure, Brenda. And again, that is Terry Ross. If you want to see the full playlist for this week's episode, number 200 for Glory of the Mass, head over to our webpage at matradayradio.com. Under the programming menu, you'll find the Glory of the Mass and this week's playlist. Again, you'll find that at matradayradio.com.